The mules are in the corral. Welcome to Mule Talk, and I'm Cindy K. Roberts, your host. But first, a message from our sponsor. Hey, all you mule jumpers. Join us for the first annual Henrietta Mule and Donkey Days and Mule Jump and Trade Days on Saturday and Sunday, October 22nd through the 23rd, 2022 at Nichols Park in Henrietta, Oklahoma. A two-day family play day event that includes fun and Western show classes for mules and donkeys, starting with a parade down Main Street featuring John Payne, the one-armed bandit as the headliner of entertainment at this mega event. Prizes, added money, and $10.50 fuel cards to be given away throughout the day. For more info, call 918-290-9315 or go to their website, henriettamuledonkeyday.com. On this week's episode of Mule Talk, we're going to be talking with a longtime mule girl, She's in Florida, and her name is Elaine Little. Elaine, welcome to Mule Talk. Well, thank you, Cindy. I'm so happy to be with you. You know, we've shared a lot of stories over the years, so um, I I really want to hear about your very first mule experience. Well, the very first mule experience I had was <clears throat> when I was living in St. Augustine, Florida, and uh, this was about 2005 and I ran into a guy who was a neighbor of a friend of mine and he had some mules and I don't think I had ever seen a mule and uh, I got to talking to him and he just could not say enough about these mules he told me that he had six horses at one time and that he had another neighbor that had some kind of family emergency out in California and the guy asked him if he would keep his three mules while they went to California. And the guy said that he brought the mules to his place. And he said by the time that family got back, he said, I was just in love with the mules. And I could not believe the difference in a mule and a horse. And he said through, through the next year and a half, they got rid of all their horses. And they now have... Uh, some mules of their own and he said he would never go back and that was the first time that I ever saw a mule was in 2005 at that gentleman's place. That is so funny so he gave his horses um, their walking papers like that that is so funny. Um, Well I kind of unbelievable and I grew up on the racetrack my father was a jockey a thoroughbred jockey and we went back and forth between Miami and Charlestown, West Virginia was the primary track where he did a lot of his riding. And from the time I was about mm, probably four years old, he would take me into the track with him in the morning when he would exercise horses. And I'd hang out in the shed row with Willie, the fellow that looked after the horses <clears throat> for that particular trainer. And so he took me, you know, for the first couple of years of my life, that's what I did. A lot of mornings was, of course, exposed to all those thoroughbreds. And then later on, uh, I think I was about 12, my dad got me this beautiful Welsh pony. Her name was Flame. She was chocolate brown with a flaxen mane and tail. And uh, I just loved her, but apparently nobody told us what a jumper she was. <laughs> so, she sailed over many fences, leaving me behind. And uh, 
but we finally got got in a groove where I was able to ride her okay, and uh, my folks got divorced eventually. And we, the last time we left Charlestown, West Virginia, uh, my my beautiful pony was sold to the dentist, and I was just heartbroken. And I was 12 years old, and I had to wait till I was 57 years old to get my mule. It was a long wait, but worth it. <laughs> oh my goodness! That- oh, it just killed me. I was so mad at my folks for so many years, but you get over it. <clears throat> you get older and you understand things. But uh, I just, I was so fascinated with that fellow's story with the mules that I started, you know, doing more research on my own about mules. And I had this harebrained idea in 2007, I left St. Augustine and I moved to the Blue Ridge Mountains of uh, Virginia. And uh, where I lived, nobody around there had any mules. And so I went online and started reading about them and finding different places that had them for sale. And in Rhonda, North Carolina, I found the Windy Hill Mule Farm. And that's where I found Raven. Oh, yeah. And boy, she had really had a really good start. Uh, the folks there told me that they were selling her for a friend of theirs and that she was a single woman and Raven was born there on her place and uh, you know she just started her right from the beginning and she of course at 57 I was starting to worry about getting hurt you know we're not as bouncy as we were at 27 or 30 (laughs) and so they were great people because they really wanted to connect you with a mule that matched your abilities and everything. And she was, uh, she was just great. And I'll tell you a little story. When I went down to see her, I hadn't ridden in years, and they put me on her in the round pin. And then he said, "Let's take you out in the field with Ruth, and Ruth was their daughter, uh, on her mule, and let you all ride around together and get to know her a little bit." So we're riding through the hay field, and it was pretty high, just about ready to be cut. And this 14-year-old girl is telling me, she says, always trust your mules. She says, they know what's going on way before we do. And she says, they're so smart, and just trust your mules, and they'll never go wrong. Well, about 10 minutes later, both the mules just came to a stop in the grass. And she says, this is what I'm talking about. She said, they know something's up and we don't know it yet. She said, just sit and wait. In about five minutes, the biggest black snake I ever saw in my life came slithering through the grass in front of us. And both the mules just kind of looked down and they stepped off to the side and they went all the way around without any kind of roughness or, you know, excitement and all I could think about. Boy, if I was on plane, I'd be on the ground and she'd be four miles down the road. Oh my goodness. They were wonderful people and uh, and they sure got me the right mule. I wouldn't trade her for anybody. So what about your horsey friends? I mean, surely... Oh goodness. Yeah, what what was the attitude there? What happened there? Well, I did get invited to go on a trail ride with about six people. near where I lived in Virginia, and they all had horses. I was going to be the only mule, <laughs> and we got there, and we were waiting for this last woman to arrive, and uh, as soon as she got 
her horse out of the trailer and shut the horse heads up. He started carrying on, I ain't riding with no mule. And I said, well, why is that? And she said, it's just going to get all the horses riled up. They're nothing but trouble. I ain't riding with no mule. So she went on and on, and the fellow that invited me encouraged me to, come on, get up here and so he said, don't listen to her. This woman whined and carried on about what a problem my mule was going to be for a half an hour. And I thought she would never shut up. And the only thing that was upset was her. None of the horses had any problems. And, you know, that was my first negative reaction to a horse person. And right now in Florida, I ride with mule people and horse people together, and nobody has a problem. And uh, when they're first being introduced, usually they're pretty impressed. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. So you haven't been thrown out of any places yet. Is that right? No. <laughs> but I'll tell you something. Raven is so funny. There's a place that we go. Uh, it's called the River Rise. It's a part of the Olino State Park, and there's miles and miles of trails there. And, you know, there's the central area where you drive in with your trailer and get ready to go. And Raven is so funny. I don't care if there are horses, mules, or nobody there. When we come off the trail back to where the trailers are, she lets out the loudest bray you ever heard. And everybody just cracks up. And the first time I was there that she did that, this little boy stood up and looked and he said, Mom, that sounds like a dinosaur. She <laughs> <laughs> was so cute. But she's a character. Oh, that is so good. So have you done any parades with your mule? I have not done any parades. As you know, through the years, when I first got her, I had several kinds of setbacks as far as spending time with her. Um, you know, when I got her, I just didn't want to pass her up. And I had a job that I was working a lot of hours, and um, I, I couldn't really spend the time I wanted to. And I spent as much time as I could. And, um, you know, then after that, my mom got Parkinson's. I had to take care of mom. So sure. poor Raven was pushed on the back burner for there for various reasons. Right, and right. We almost went in the Christmas parade here in Bell, Florida, uh, last Christmas, and um, my one girlfriend told me that there were a couple of horses that are going to be in there that really act up and are wild, and she said, if she hasn't been in a parade before, she said, this might not be the best one to be in. But she's very good around uh, vehicles, you know, she's not afraid of vehicles tractors, anything like that. My goodness, when I used to work on my farm in Virginia on the tractor, I'd have to be careful because Raven and my old donkey, they'd come gather around the tractor like it was a, a goodie bag or something. Oh, that's <laughs> so funny. She, she's very calm. Um, she's just so good. Good with her feet. Uh, the farrier can't believe that he can do her feet at Liberty. She's just really, really a well-mannered girl. Wow. And I just couldn't be happier. So, but to find a shoer, I mean, you were lucky enough to find um, a shoer that really knows mules and, and how to work their feet? Right. 
Right. These people, it, it was called Windy Hill Mule Farm in mm-hmm. Rhonda, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And they told me that they get mules from, you know, various ways. But they'll keep a mule and take it with the family. There's a family of four. And they, they trail ride every time you turn around. They're out riding. And they, they take the mules on trail rides. And, you know, they make sure they've worked all the kinks out. Or if a mule is really a problem, they realize that maybe this isn't going to be good for anybody. But they really, really spend, he told me he won't sell any mule that he gets unless he spent at least nine, six to nine months with that animal so that he really knows what he's talking about. Mm. And feel safe about what he says about the mule and who he's selling it to. That's really a good system. That's a really good, positive approach, you know, to uh, matching up a rider with, with the right animal. So. Yeah, and that's so important to them, and that, that really impressed me, and, you know, and of course it was important to me, like I said, at my age, and I didn't want to risk getting hurt, and uh, so everything worked out well in that regard, but so, I've really been happy since I've moved back to Florida. Uh, I love my property. I had a beautiful little farm in Virginia. I lived... <clears throat> Right, um, right along the Blue Ridge Parkway, which of course was the highest elevation of the Blue Ridge there. And my goodness, the wind that we used to get in the wintertime. I mean, just on a good day all winter, the wind was usually blowing 25, 30 miles an hour. And then some days it could just be blowing 40, 50, 60 miles an hour, which makes it very unpleasant for riding. And I would ride around the neighborhood and there was a 55 acre farm next to me that I could ride. <clears throat> but the wind, the animals hated it. Uh, they would walk around up there. And we had an ice storm with, you know, a pack of ice on their back and be out in the ice and snow. But boy, when the wind kicked up, Raven and the donkeys would just duck into the barn. And I'd seen them stay in that barn for three days straight just because they didn't want to be out in that wind. So we were all happy to get to Florida and not have to deal with that weather. And I had so many more riding opportunities here, uh, <clears throat> especially to connect with other mule folks. So it's been a good move for me to do that. It was a hard move, but it was the right move. Well, that's good. I'm so happy for you. Now, um, do you have any donkeys? Yes, I have three donkeys. Raven has uh, there's a gelding, Bruce, and then we have two guineas, Ruby and Nellie. And Nellie was uh, the first one that I got. When I first got Raven, uh, I didn't have anybody else but her. And the farm next door, that 65-acre farm, had two donkeys in the adjacent field. <clears throat> and so she was very happy that they were there and we visited at the tent. I came home from work one day, and the donkeys were gone. And there was a rut along the fence where she had run that fence line back and forth. And she was just braying and carrying on looking for her little friends. So <clears throat> I told my boyfriend Gary, I said, well, I think I'm going donkey shopping to meet some friends. <laughs> so I went to this guy's farm and he had several donkeys out in the field. And I just decided I was going to go out there. And the one that was the friendliest was the one that I picked. And that was little Nellie. And so Nellie and Raven became fast friends immediately. It was so cute to watch them bond and get together. 
And so then I realized that when I would take Raven riding, Nellie would be hee-hawing and screaming and carrying on. (laughs) (laughs) And then all of a sudden you were unpopular with the neighbors. (laughs) Well, actually, they they got a kick out of it, fortunately. And where I lived, it was so far between the neighbors that, you know, it wasn't too bad. But uh, so then I had a friend that went down... She was getting a horse out of a kill pen in Madison, North Carolina. And she called me up and she said, I know you're looking for another donkey friend for Nellie. She says, I'm down here and there's this poor little thing. She's pitiful. She's got bald spots all over. You can count every rib and vertebrae. I said, load her up. Oh. <laughs> so brought her home and that was our little Ruby. And <clears throat> she was the most pitiful thing you ever saw. Lord knows what happened to her. And so, um, you know, she, she was happy to have her little friends and Ruby and, I mean, Nellie and Raven, they just welcomed her immediately. There wasn't any problem with her being there. And uh, she started to gradually, you know, gain some weight and look like a normal donkey. And uh, so that was donkey number two. Uh-oh. Donkey, donkey, <laughs> donkey number three was Bruce. I used to ride past this, it was the weirdest little piece of land. It had this tiny little pasture that was almost like a bowl. There were springs around the top of it. And so this little fenced off piece of pasture was just like a bowl. And it was all wet and mushy in the bottom. And he appeared there one day. And I noticed him out there for over a year. And in the winter, nobody was giving him any hay or anything. And uh, myself and, and some other girls that lived down the road, we throw some plates of hay out there. And I told you, my mom had Parkinson's, and she was so funny. We would have to drive by this little field and go to the grocery store. And mom was just fascinated with this poor little guy stuck down in this hole. And we always bought a bag of carrots, and we'd have to stop, and Mom would give him a carrot on the way home. And one day, he was starting to get kind of confused and had some cognitive problems, and I was over there, and she sticked $500 in my hand. And I said, Mom, what in the world? She said, you've got to go save that donkey. She says, he's all alone and so sad. <laughs> so I was thinking about getting him out of there myself anyway. But I found out who the people were. They wanted nothing to do with him, and they wanted a hundred bucks to bail him out. So I gave mom her four hundred back, and we went and I took the trailer and opened the back door. He jumped in so fast, like get me out of here. So, but he was he wasn't gelded, and so I couldn't bring him home with all the girls. And I had a friend nearby that had a cattle farm, so we turned him out there. On the ca- with the cattle, and the vet came and yelled at him, and I waited five months for him to get rid of the test bathroom and brought him home. And uh, I had him, you know, across the fence for first couple of weeks to just for everybody to get acquainted. And then uh, he too was just welcomed welcomed into the herd. And the owners told me that that little guy had never seen another donkey. Really? And he and he seemed so happy. He didn't know what to do. And he hee-hawed for hours when he got out of the trailer. <laughs> so that, that's Raven's little 
family out there, Nellie, Ruby, and Bruce, and they all get along great and carry on and torment each other and do what donkeys and mules do, but anyway, they're lots of fun, better than TV, I'll tell you. I'll be darned, now see, you need your own reality TV show. <laughs> you could do it, girl. <laughs> oh, this is fun. This is funny stuff. <laughs> well, people do love to come visit, and you know these donkeys. They there's something about them. They just have this inner soul. But unless you've ever been around one, spend any time with them, uh, you know I feel so bad because sometimes donkeys are treated so horribly by us humans. But right. Kindest little animals, and I'll never forget the day that I had to bury my mom. I came home and I went out into the barn, and the back end of my barn was just one huge big stall. And I took a lawn chair and went in there and just sat down and boohooed. And in about five minutes, I had donkey heads on my shoulder in my lap, and it was just all around me. And Aww. it Nothing I ever experienced before, and I think they just—they really knew that I was, you know, sad, and, and they were there for me. And that uh, was—it was really an experience. They stayed and stayed and stayed, and um, it was something else. And you, you just have to experience it yourself. But they—they they definitely have a a heart and soul for their people as long as you. Treat them kindly, and they know that they're not going to be harmed. Because they're, they're just like little dogs following you around. They truly are a gift from God. That yes, is they are. so amazing. Well, Elaine, I want to thank you for taking the time to be with us today. I mean, your your story is really fascinating, um, and um, you're on Facebook. If uh, if people want to kind of connect with you, I mean, are you? Uh, accepting friends or are you like looking at their profile with one eye open I mean <laughs> oh yeah I, I check everybody out you know for the most part there are lots of good people out there but yeah I, I've connected up with a lot of donkey people and Megan Hensley and and uh, Colin Dangard Colin oh. made my wonderful saddle for Raven oh yes oh and, that is so cool yeah, it's so comfortable. I mean, it fits her well, and it's very comfortable. And uh, it only weighs 17 pounds, all leather. Oh, my goodness. You know, he turned 80 yesterday, so... Yes, he... Let's see, it's about... It's still 9 o'clock something on the West Coast. So I wonder if he's sober yet. <laughs> <laughs> he is a character, I'll tell you what. He's something else. He is something else. <laughs> Um, so Elaine, thanks again, and I, I can't wait to hear more stories from you. So uh, don't ever change. We just we love you, Mule Girl. So we'll talk with well, you later. Thank you, and I want to just thank you for all the times that you gave me encouragement and help in my early Mule days because I counted on you a lot. And you were always there. Thanks so much, Cindy. Bye bye. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or a sponsor, send me an email, cindy, C-I-N-D-Y, at everycowgirlsdream.com. Gotta go. My mule is looking for me.
Mill Talk is an Every Cowgirl's Dream production.